is season four, episode four, Lending an Ear with Kim K, the building engineer. Um, so here we have Kim. Um, how are you today? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Vibing, thriving, you know, living, yeah. chilling like a villain. Yeah, uh, we're doing well. Um, so do you want to give a little quick intro for uh, people who don't know who you are? I think most people don't know who I am, but... Hi, I'm Kim, and uh, I know Chrissy from elementary school, so that's how I ended up here. Um, yeah. So since then, um, I've pursued an engineering degree for some reason, uh, glutton for punishment, I guess. Um, and here we are today because we reconnected on social media. So yeah, I love that. Awesome, awesome. Um, what so? Um, what intrigued you to kind of pursue that, pursue engineering as a career? That's a really good question. And uh, I guess I didn't choose it. It chose me in a way. Um, since the beginning of time, I don't know how you remember me as a student, if you remember me as a student, but uh, I was never uh, the sharpest pencil in the pencil case, if we want to put it lightly. Um, really? I don't know. You were like a good student. I feel like you like I don't remember you not being a good student. All I remember is yeah. like always having my name written on the board for getting in trouble and talking to really? people. All I ever wanted to do was talk to people. Me and Kyle, uh, I don't know if you remember Kyle. Of course. I, I haven't seen that kid in years, but I hope you're well, Kyle, if you're <laughs> out there. I'll see him, so I'll tell him. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, tell him Yeah, okay, so... I mean, came to a point where teachers were coming around to check the homework and they would just skip me because they knew I just hadn't done it. I just didn't care. Mm -hmm. And that's how my journey kind of started. And it wasn't until okay. my parents started touring high schools with me. Yeah. They started touring high schools with me in grade four, which was really early. And I saw this high school that I was dying to go to, not because of any services that they offered, but they had a really cute uniform. <laughs> I said, I want to wear a school skirt and some knee-high socks. Who doesn't, right? So For sure. at that point, I, I had a goal and I was like, I need to go to this school. This school is called Queen of Angels Academy and um, it has since been de decommissioned and is college. Yeah, it closed. Uh, That's true. Yeah. Closed down, burnt down, a little bit of both. It burnt so, down? Yeah, a portion of it. Oh, no. I I know of it because I, I went to Greek school on Saturdays and they rented it. So oh, that's yeah, how they I, did that. They did yeah. Greek school. Yeah. Well, it was, yeah. After I saw those uniforms, I said to myself, this is where I need to be. Okay. <laughs> so I started learning my geometry and doing mm -hmm. my best. And I don't know if you remember back in those days, but um, one of our teachers, his name was Mr. Dixon. He would bring oh, us God. outside and he would read the people that had the best grades on the test. And it was I know. I hated that. I was never. I was oh. never. I was never there. I, he told me, he's like because I, I was horrible at math like math is not my forte at all and he was like I really hope you pass like you know my class because grade oh six God. was like yeah it was not a good any like he knew my dad they went to like high school together or something no. I don't know yeah it wasn't it wasn't a good time I feel that it was kind of embarrassing 
Because you would it's always so like, embarrassing. Yeah. And I, was I was so delusional. I was like, this is the time. This is the time that he's going to call my name. Every time I was so hopeful. And right. I always never had better than a 60%. It just never was better than that. Like I would pass, but just, I would just pass. And you want to know what? Sometimes in life, that's fine. Just passing is fine. Right. Amen. <laughs> but I was so determined. I got into yeah. high school and I was yeah. like, I'm a grind. I was bad at math. I was bad at everything, honestly, except for okay. English. But I was like, I'm going to do it. I, I put my head to it. And in high school, I actually started doing well. I went to private Queen of Angels for people that don't know. It's like a private all-girl high school. And over there, the teacher, there, there was like 25 kids in the class. And the teachers knew us by name. They were really invested in us. And that's what started my success as a student. It really started there because I had uh, the resources that I needed and I was just, I'm just competitive by nature. So I wanted to be in the high math. I wanted to do all those things. Although I was not at the caliber of the other students. I had a teacher straight up tell me, listen, you're not at the caliber of the other students. You shouldn't be my class. And I was so yeah. determined that I went to do summer school because there was a, a situation where if you went to summer school, even if you passed the class, whatever grade that you get in summer school is going to be this is going to replace all your grades. So I literally just went to summer school so that I could get whatever the 70% that I needed to get into the high math class. The teachers wanted nothing to do with me. The science teacher wanted nothing to do with me. Uh, they didn't believe that I was going to pretty much go anywhere in life. They were like, you're not good at math. You're not good at science. Um, all I was good at was art and English. And when it came time to picking a university degree, I wanted to go into architecture because I was like, you know what? I could do a little bit of math. At that time I was getting good at math. I could do a bit of art. That's where I wanted to go. Um, but because I did so horribly in all of my science classes, um, I just wasn't able to get into it, into the, the architecture program, which was only offered at McGill. They needed like, I don't know, a 29 over our, overall R score in all the sciences. And I didn't have that. I didn't That's have- That's insane. That. Yeah, it's yeah. So my parents were like, just go to university, just pick something. Okay. So I engineering only wanted 23. So I was like, okay, I'll go into engineering. It was called architectural engineering. I was like, okay, well, maybe I could do a year of engineering. I could do well. And then I'll switch over to architecture. As we know today, that never ended up happening because um my first year I failed all my classes. So Okay. <laughs> I didn't have an easy journey with school at all. Um, I failed two classes, got C minus in two classes and B minus in one class in my first semester. And after my first year, I was actually on academic probation. A lot of people that <laughs> don't, I imagine if people that were in school with me heard this, they would be very surprised because I didn't um, give off that energy. I just like I said, I was just a glutton for punishment. I was very competitive. I wanted to do it. And I forced myself to do it, even though all I was getting as feedback was literally failure. I was like, there's no way I'm going to, I could do this. I could do this. And I was so, I was so dead set on doing it that that is what I did. Um, I've always been a slow learner. I spent my weekends, my weeks, every hours of my day for four and a half years in school. Literally, I was at Concordia on the weekends. The staff knew, the cleaning staff knew who I was. The, the local restaurants knew who I was. Because Started I was to the asking, janitors. I was always there. Yeah, I love that though. That's so like 
I love to hear that kind of story, like the persistence, the just like never ending, like, you know, yeah, attitude. I love that. You clearly wanted to do it. Like it's stubbornness. Yeah. <laughs> but like a good kind, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like not the, yeah, that's, that's amazing to hear though. Okay. So um, it was architectural engineering. So that's kind of like building engineering then. Exactly. So okay. they, they said building engineering is kind of architectural engineering okay. because um, for most people don't actually know the differences between all the engineering. As soon as someone says they're an engineer, they're like, okay, sounds good. And you're like, yeah. okay, well, what is that really? Right. And, um, so to differentiate, obviously mechanical is things that have moving parts. There's electrical, that's electricity. There's chemical, which has to do with chemical compounds. And then there's building civil engineering. So civil and building engineering are kind of under the same umbrella such that they deal with construction, but building is specifically geared towards building. Whereas civil, you could do more like infrastructure stuff like bridges and dams and these types of things. The one thing they have in common is they both do building structure. Okay. So within building engineering, there's three avenues. There's the structure avenue, there's the envelope avenue, and there's the HVAC avenue, because those are the three components of a building. So in the, there's the structure avenue, which deals with what the civil engineers deal with. Um, there's the envelope, which is what I specialize in, which is all which separates the interior space to the exterior space of a building. And then the HVAC is the heating, air conditioning, ventilation yeah. of the building. So I ended up going into building envelope engineering. So building sciences. Okay, cool. That's legit. Love <laughs> that. Yeah. Okay. Was um, there a specific reason why you decided to choose that one? I don't know. Um, like I guess it was sort of a process of elimination. Okay. Um, I knew I didn't like HVAC. It was a lot about like duct work and stuff. And I just was not interested in understanding heating circulation piping it was just like not for me and the structure I had always struggled with um I was I don't know for some reason being an engineer I was okay at physics I really wasn't the best and it's a lot of physics it's a lot of math and I really liked the math but the physics like lost me at times and it's very um it's very interesting, but I also in school, as soon as it started getting to too high of a level in structure, I said, there's no way uh, I'm going to be doing this. I just find it to be too much. It's too ambiguous. I like things that are ambiguous, but ambiguous in a way where you need logic to solve it. And structure is, is very definite in a way, whereas envelope allows more creativity, more artistic um, aspect to it. It's more problem solving structure is like there's an answer you know there's an answer and you can make it over designed like make it over safe but there's like an, a minimum answer like this is the way that it's done it's very structured whereas envelope allows for like some creativity um not only that but I was very familiar with the type of work that envelope does because um my father is actually also a building engineer technically he's a civil engineer but he specializes in building and to this day we actually work together so, oh wow that's interesting that's a, yeah <laughs> so I knew the work that I was getting into before getting into it and I guess that's what kind of persuaded me because in school when they would talk about envelope people like 
didn't get it, but I really got it because I had that firsthand knowledge, that firsthand account. I've seen what it looks like in the field. And I was more interested in that than the others, I guess. That's really cool. That's cool that you work with your dad too, you know? I mean, obviously like it can get, you know, working with parents. I, I a lot of family comes with that, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's like Um, either it works or it doesn't. Yeah, um, so that's awesome though. Um, So for COVID lockdowns, did that affect you at all with your work? Like, did you, was there like COVID scares or like, what, how was that for you? So it was interesting. I started full-time work in February, 2020. Um, and we all know what happened after that. Mm-hmm. So um, prior to that, I was interning. So I had already seen a bit of the work, but I officially started full-time in February, 2020. Exactly a month later in March um, is when uh, they told us we're all going to be starting remote at this point. Um, and I think a cup, a week or so, or a couple weeks after that, I essentially ran out of work and we pretty much my whole team were a team of like maybe 10 people, I would say approximately, um, were all laid off temporarily. We knew that we were going to come back. So there was that job security in a way because in Quebec construction never stops and our job is dependent on construction. So Um, because construction was allowed to continue we were able to come back to work after two months so for two months I was at home I learned how to cook I learned how to make pasta from scratch and it was actually really nice for that but um, COVID working from home I was living with my parents Um, obviously I work with my dad my dad is like um, the how do you say the director of our sector in the company so my dad being the director I was by mistake listening in on meetings that I probably shouldn't have and he was in lots of meetings my mom uh, was also in our we were all in our basement my mom was in meetings I was like trying to just focus and it was a it was a hard situation for that but I was fortunate you know to have a place to work you know I know a lot of people during the pandemic had it very hard like they were not able to or had difficulty working from home at any point. So um, I'm, it didn't affect me, I think, as much as other people. Um, nobody around me at work got sick. I know there was a few scares of COVID um, from friends, uh, but in terms of work, there was uh, not, not much of anything at all. I've been remote since COVID. So, oh, so you still haven't gone back. Having gone back to the office, I do not plan on going back to the office. Um, the directors and as- associates have gone back. They enjoy the office because you, generally it's like older men or women, let's say, that have like family at home and they have their little escape at the office. But I would say most of the young people prefer to stay at home. Um, so I do work from home, but I also work on site. So my site work is obviously out and about. Um, but in terms of doing my office work at the office I have not done it I'll pass by the office to pick up equipment but that will be the extent of my office visits yeah that's I mean honestly like at least they give you the option you know what I mean because like everyone's different um so yeah what would you say apart from working with your dad is your favorite (laughs) part of uh your job 
Yeah. So yeah, I guess it, 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 I, I enjoy working with my dad because we actually do get along. We, we are very similar minded. So that's good. I think if we would butt heads more then it probably wouldn't be an enjoyable experience, but I actually do enjoy working with my father because we get along very well and we don't work directly all that often. I also work with my best friend. So that's really nice. Um, I had my best friend from school. He, we graduated together and we both specialized in envelopes. So it was just like a natural thing where, you know, he ended up coming to work in the team as well. And I think working with my best friend is just one of my favorite things because you have someone that understands you that you could just talk to. It's kind of like going through school. Like when you're in school, there's like a herd, you know, everybody's talking to each other and you're all relating because you're all in that school environment. And so now it has like carried over to my work as well. And I like that, you know, in particular, we're very lucky because our boss is quite flexible. So I could be working. If I decide I want to work later, I can work my hours later in the day, as long as I get my hours done, basically. So sometimes in the winter, um, my friend and I will, we're also neighbors, we'll take a break in the middle of the day because it gets dark so early now. And we'll go, we'll take a walk, we'll do something during the day, and then we'll make up for that extra two hours at some point in the evening, you know, we don't have a family to take care of. So for us, it's, it's easy to switch around our schedule. And I think having a flexible schedule to a certain degree, obviously, like when I have to be on site and present myself at seven in the morning, then I'm doing that. You know, I can't say, no, I'm not going to go. I go. Um, but having at least a bit of flexibility and autonomy in your work, I find is, is one of the most amazing things about the work. I enjoy the work itself, but for me, it's never been about the work itself, I think it's hard to be passionate about something that doesn't belong to you. I think that the passion comes from being like so knowledgeable in a craft that you could share that craft. And right now, because I'm not the most knowledgeable that I could be, I can't really share that with others. And so that part of it is missing for me, but I know that it's in my cards in the future. So I know that there's something coming for me that is gonna bring me a lot of joy in this domain moving forward. I could have done anything. I knew I could have picked anything, but it's as for me, it's about being able to share that with others that where the joy comes in. Just knowing a lot about something makes me passionate about it. So that's where like it becomes more exciting for me. So yeah, well said. Um I feel like it's one of those things you just learn like on the job and with experience. Like it's just like a yeah yeah like anything like my uh grandfather he's like this smart like one of the smartest people um he's a civil well he's retired now but he was a civil engineer and no like yeah, yeah yeah so and he's like yeah like I did school but like I you know I learned more in like my 20 plus years I think he worked for like Armstrong or something um but, yeah so um, but it's, it's like, you know, I guess with cooking too, like you go to culinary school, it's kind of like the one-on-one, but you learn like specific cuisines as you, like, let's say you go abroad to like another <laughs> country, obviously. So it's kind of like just one of those like jobs, like, like almost anything I would say, like you just, I would say most things, Yeah, you know, yeah. unless you're like a doctor or, you know, a lawyer, I would say that yeah. every other job you learn more of your job while you're doing it. Yeah. You know? Will just teaches you how to learn. And then after that, it's about you. Kim, we yeah. lost you for a sec. 
Yeah, sorry about that. Oh, no worries. I was getting no a worries. call, I declined it. <laughs> oh, no problem. Um, but yeah, so just as an engineer, um, I feel like, like I, I did, I mean, I kind of already, we kind of already knew, like, it's like one of those like trades where like, um, you know, women okay. are not at the forefront all of the time or most of the time, I would say. And I, I was reading in like just statistics Canada um, and there was like a, an article and their 2019 numbers showed that young women um, leave engineering school at a slightly higher rate than men and women have in Canada uh, merely make 13% of engineers in our nation. And I was like, wow, yeah, crazy. yeah. And I was like, I don't know. I wanted to ask you, like, why do you think that is? Is, is it like a kind of like a boys club environment or is it just I think we'd be silly to like point it to one thing in particular. Um, Leaving the profession or leaving the degree, I would say in terms of my personal experience, because I could obviously only speak of my personal experience, is that the women that I saw, none of them left. Like we all went through it till the end. And I think at a higher and higher rate, there's more and more women graduating in engineering. and all the different kinds of engineering as well. Obviously, we're significantly less in numbers than the men. Um, and just from doing open houses and stuff, I always push myself to do the open houses, although it's, you know, it's a long day. But doing the open houses and talking to girls that are actually interested in engineering that don't know that, like, they could do it has really, like, opened my horizons. I made sure I talked to them, and I'm like, no, it's it's good. Like, if you want to do this, you can do this. And maybe they feel like they can't, and maybe they stop doing it. Why women would stop doing it during their career is probably most likely because of um, having children. A lot of women like to have children, and I've seen it firsthand that at a certain age, like, for example, my personal job, we're working at heights where um, manipulating large machinery we're doing things that are a bit dangerous and once you have kids you kind of want to take a step back from that you kind of want more of like an office job because you realize your life is not just your life anymore you have dependents and I think a lot of women do end up making that decision to take the step back whether it's unfortunate or not I think it comes down to like the decision in the couple you know who's able if someone's going to stay home, who's it going to be, who's making more money, et cetera, these things. But it makes me sad to think that we leave at a higher rate than men. I'm just trying to think about it mathematically. And if we're smaller in numbers, each one of us could represent a larger percentage. So do do you know what Uh, I mean? Yeah. If there's like a hundred men and 20 women and one woman leaves, and versus like 10 men leave you right know? right the percentage is like it doesn't tell the full story I that's think, true but that's true I there has there's I'm sure there's many reasons but in terms of it being a boys club um in my personal experience I haven't seen that I've been surrounded by some very strong women because the women that come into engineering aren't there to mess around like for sure they're very dedicated. So, and, and the guys know that if anything, we're, we're more organized, we're, we're more punctual. Um, we're not scared to ask the questions. We're not scared to get more information from the teachers. We're very diligent. We're very clean. So the guys don't want another guy's notes. They want our notes. 
you know, like, (laughs) if anything, I've seen the reverse, you know, they want to pair up with the women because they know that we do better jobs than them. Um, So in terms of it being a boys club, you know, the construction site sometimes gets a bit masculine for me personally. Um, Like, sometimes roofers are a little bit less dignified or like people that like the les ouvriers, like people that are doing these types of jobs, you know, sometimes they like to pass comments about women a lot and it, it makes anybody uncomfortable, you know. Um, I've seen a lot of it firsthand. I was uh, surveying for a roofing job and I, I'm just overhearing the men talk so much smack about their wives, their mothers, their daughters, you know, and it, it becomes nice. like, it becomes a lot. Or for example, I was watching, um, uh, I was there to watch m- these workers open a wall. The workers happened to be men and they had to open the wall so that we could do an investigation. Um, and it was in uh, a commercial building and some, another man in a suit walked out and saw me and my female colleague watching these men open the wall because that's literally our job and the guy passed the comment saying like oh you guys must feel real special with two like ladies watching you and it's like no two engineers doing their job right ladies watching you there is a bit of that and I think that's with the older generations but I think that that will will phase out it will it will like fade over time and I hope more and more women are coming into engineering I'd love to see that because it's definitely doable. Um, I think there's probably a stigma around it, which is why probably less people want to join, but it's so doable and people always see it as like something unattainable. But um, I feel like if I could struggle through it, if, if you if you uh, are a glutton for punishment and you want to go through it, uh, you could do it too. Anybody can, I really think so. Awesome. What yeah. would you, like advice would you give to any like inspired, like is it? like upcoming like female engineers what advice would I give someone um I would say just keep going do like I guess it it so depends because you are not I would say you're not less intelligent because you're a woman you can't not do it if you're a woman if anything um whether you know it's nice to say or not Um, Now that there's like a diversity token that's going in, there's a lot more opportunities for women in engineering to move up because companies do want to look more diverse. So they are promoting women, whether it's um, a good thing, like a nice, it's kind of backhanded a bit, but at the same time, there are opportunities for you to grow. You're not going to not grow because you're a woman. If anything, there's more opportunities now, especially because we're such small in numbers, but just the engineering degree it's just it won't be like that when you leave i promise <laughs> struggle through it but it'll uh it'll pay off for sure nice. i feel like you're saying like sometimes it is backhanded and that's you know when companies um you know try so hard to be inclusive sometimes it just comes off as like oh like you chose me because I, just because i'm a woman or just because i'm yeah. a person of color and like it can get a little like it's so ambiguous yeah like especially as women I feel like you guys could relate to this a lot just in any situation we're in um if we start to get a vibe when somebody says something but it could be something so innocent and it's like okay but would you have said that to me if I was a man 
And, and that sentiment like stays with you as a woman, you know, like we feel more defensive because we're like, we have to think about that. We're like, but would you say that to me if I was a man? Oh yeah. And sometimes, sometimes they would, but sometimes it's so ambiguous and you can't know it's like in a tone or in a, in a manner of speech. And it's hard to decipher sometimes. And, and that's an uncomfortable position to be in because we start to think like, okay, now should I stand up for myself? But if I stand up for myself, do I look like, you know, the B-I-T-C-H? Like, right. what do I do in this situation? And, and that, that will come up a lot, I think, especially, you know, all my colleagues, most of my colleagues are male. Um, so I'm like, okay, are they making him do this job just because, you know, he's a guy? Like, are they, like, sometimes they won't let me, for example, uh, they'll, they'll, how should I say, like, they'll open the door for me or like, they'll, they'll tell me, oh, no, don't carry that or things like this. Yeah. And it's like, no, I, I could carry my weight, you know, like, for they're sure. trying to be nice, but like, are you just doing that because I'm a woman, you know? Yeah, that was actually my, my uh, next question. I was curious, like, just any particular instance um, where you were treated differently or unfairly um, in your field as a woman? During my work so experience it's like that's it like I can't I can't know but definitely there's always those moments where like someone's like oh don't carry that or oh okay like let me help you or but they won't do that to my male colleagues you know and I think for sure but I do think that it's important that the environment that you work in that you know that those people are on your side you know what I mean like I know my colleagues very well um most of the higher ups, let's say, um, have worked with my father for many, many years. So I pretty much grew up around them. So I, I know them quite well. And I know that these people are good people, you know, they have daughters, you know, they're, they're well-rounded people, like they don't treat me any type of way. It will be more when I present myself on a site where like the males are unknown. And I brought that up to my supervisor and I said, you know, sometimes I feel uncomfortable in these situations. And uh, he said, well, what makes you uncomfortable? And I had to really reflect on that. And for me, it became the lack of confidence because as soon as you know, you know what you're talking about, nothing can make you feel uncomfortable. Like when you know that you know your stuff, there's nothing that anybody could say that could make you uncomfortable. So I, I know that my objective is to get to that point where I'm like, I really know my craft so well that I don't feel uncomfortable and I'm working on that and I'm putting myself in those uncomfortable situations to try and overcome them. But in terms of like a particular instance, no, it's so ambiguous. Like, as you guys know, it's just, it's all day, every day. And you, you can't know to point out something could be like something so minor. And then you're like, okay, actually maybe I'm, I'm overlooking that I'm overthinking it. And that's why I'm also happy that I have, I have my best friend with me because I could always ask him like, okay, did you see what this person said to me? Like, how do, how do you receive that? Do you think that they're just saying that, you know, having someone to bounce those things off of also helps reassure me in a way. For sure. um, but that's nice to hear. I just feel like sometimes you just hear like stories of women working in large companies um, and they're just like, you know, unfortunately this and this happened. So super glad about that. Mm -hmm. um, and, but yeah, I don't know. I just feel like, I, I, you know, we, as much as we like lost touch after elementary school, you know, life happens, but I feel like we had each other on social media and I kind of just, I don't know. I remember like you posting like, oh, like, um, 
when you graduated from the university, you're like, um, there was this huge like thing, like all oh, people said, like, you know, do you're good at English, so stick with that. But you were like, no, like I'm gonna do this, and you did it, and I'm super, super happy for you. Like, congrats. Like, I don't know. It's like not everyone would stick. Most people just drop out of school. You know what I mean? Yeah, I really like, appreciate that. I really appreciate that. Yeah. And I feel the same way when I see, you know, yeah, all the women and, you know, anybody from my past, just like getting it. I feel so good. You know, I feel so, I, I admire them so much, you know, like all these people that have done so many crazy things and especially like you and I got talking after and it's like, there's so many struggles and things behind the scenes that people are going through and for them to overcome those things and just, you know, do amazing things with their lives. It's, it's so inspiring. And that's honestly the things that makes me so happy about social media. Like as much as it's, it could be toxic for some people, like for me, it's really the joy of seeing people just doing their thing, you know? For sure. Like get your bag, Miss Thing. Go off, Kim. <laughs> yeah, like, it. I, no, it's just like, it's really cool. Cause like, I feel that like, um, I was never, I don't know, in class, especially when teachers were like, oh, like reading the grades aloud or like, you know, putting like the paper with like everyone's grades. I just feel like that's kind of rude. Yeah, and, like, it's so rude. And like, I don't know. I think it's like a private matter, whether you did well or not so well, like, I don't know. I prefer if it's like, you know, just talk to me, you know, I don't know. Like even in like high school, like there was just, I don't, I feel like there's such a pressure for like to do super well. Like even in, um, I, I went to private school for like a small amount of time, but like, I, I didn't do like, it's not like I failed or anything, but I wasn't getting like, you know, high nineties. And they were like, Oh, like, this is not good enough. And I was like, what do you mean? yeah like literally. I I'm yeah I'm not like you know first in the class or anything but like I didn't you know get I didn't do that bad but it's just like I don't know it's it's like a whole thing um and then you know the whole like Concordia is a good school you know what I mean their engineering program is like quite good as well like there's it's it's like this whole you know McGill versus Concordia thing yeah. it's like the everlasting <laughs> rivalry for I don't know what the reasons are but it's like there's a no reason gag at this point it's like a whole joke um but like I don't I just I like I went to Concordia for a little bit and like it was a good time you know like there were uh most of the professors I mean I was in film mind you but um it was honestly like the resources were really good like they had like really good professors um and like I don't know I like the I was like downtown I wasn't at Loyola uh yeah, it's so and um, but now it's all renovated it looks really nice so I'm like happy because mm -hmm. it was like years of construction I just remember being there and it was like still in construction I'm like how long but it looks great super dope you know what it's like I'm having I for I, I should have mentioned this but I'm having this super full circle moment right now yeah. because the project that I'm actually working on right now is the Concordia yeah. buildings I'm doing all the inspections of all the Concordia buildings oh wow isn't that insane yeah yeah that's and awesome I was just there today actually okay <laughs> And I was just like walking around the campus and I had a moment where I was, uh, I was just doing some like uh, inspection from the ground, from the floor level. And I was, I looked into a window, it was actually Reggie's and mm. um, I saw these students at a table and uh, on the guy's laptop was one of the first year classes from engineering. And 
I noticed the class and I was like, oh my God, this guy's in his first year. Like it's like, it just makes you reflect on, you know, how far you've come. For sure. And you just want to tell everybody that it's not about the grades. It's about finishing. I think that's what's the most important thing because we, the, what you brought up is so important. It's like we hyper-focus on the grades because we're not getting any other kind of compensation or reward other than the grades. So we're putting in work and we want to see that good grade at the end. But at the end of the day, the people that are more successful in life, first of all, people that finish. Yeah. And you want to know what? The people that didn't focus so much on school and that actually did more internship stuff that got more experience are the ones that end up doing better. So like a huge takeaway is focus on finishing and not the grade, the finishing. That's the real success. At the end of the day, we all get the same paper. So it's not about the yeah. grades that you got. It's not about me failing in my first semester. It's not about, you know, the turnaround and getting A pluses at the end. That was fine, you know, but it, it didn't bring me to where I am today. What brought me to where I am today is like you said, it's the grind. It's the part in between. Very eloquently oh, okay. said. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Uh, like, it's just, it's super dope. And we're, we're just here and we're like, really thankful that you took the time to come on our show. And uh, I'm the happiest. Yeah. Congratulations to you guys, honestly. Oh, I really thanks. love the show. Yeah. You guys, uh, have amazing, you guys are doing such an amazing job getting oh, the voices thanks. out. And you guys have amazing podcast voices. I don't know. <laughs> I always find that. <laughs> Is that a weird compliment? No. <laughs> Appreciate that a lot. Yeah, this like started in lockdown out of nothing, like just like a dingy, like just Apple like earphones and like it was on SoundCloud and then we kind of just like Bella's like yeah let me hop on and I was like okay and then you know got some equipment did some stuff and and then we were like okay well now it's a lockdown we have to kind of improvise and just kept going and you know then we're like oh well maybe people will like send us free stuff and like reached out to like David's tea and like they were dope and they just sent us like accessories and teas and we're like thank you like what how uh and then yeah just I don't know I get like you said it's persistence it's like doing keep doing it you know what I mean and people are listening I don't know like thank you like <laughs> persistence and consistency <laughs> yeah yeah for sure um but yeah wishing you a great evening 